It is Friday, September 6th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our first DraftKings podcast of the year. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool, which is available now on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FansharesSports.com. If you're new to our DFS podcast, we run through each position to highlight cash and tournament or GPP targets at each spot. Jared, what's the general difference for you between your player targets in the two primary formats of DFS? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of overlap, I would say. And just because someone's a cash game play doesn't mean they're not a tournament play. But for, for cash game targets, I'm always just looking for volume. I'm trying to get as many running back carries and targets, as many wide receiver and tight end targets as I can get into my lineup. And I do think game flow, to me, goes along with volume because, you know, running backs specifically, they're better volume bets if we can expect their team to be playing with the lead and continue to run the ball. Tournaments, it's really more about ceiling versus, you know, floors for cash games. So for tournaments, I'm really looking for touchdown upside first and foremost. And I think, you know, looking at implied point totals and, you know, sort of maybe even ourselves projecting which teams – we expect to score the most on a given week. We probably want to be targeting guys on those teams for tournaments. I, I agree. You want to shoot for a little bit more risk reward. And like you said, just because a guy is mentioned in one format on the show doesn't mean that we think you avoid him in the other one. Um, one factor that does come in, though, more so I think in tournament play or GPP play is that projected ownership rate. More so on a fade guys that are set to be very highly owned, target some high upside guys who are set to be low owned that can differentiate versus the pack. I do think sometimes though, we underrate projected ownership a little bit for cash games because if a guy's headed for like 30 plus percent ownership, I think he's worth considering a fade regardless of your format. And, And then on the other side, I think sometimes we can overrate projected ownership for a tournament. Now, for example, Chris Godwin leads all wide receivers in projected DK ownership this week. Mm-hmm. According to Fanshare, he's about 25% as of this recording. I'm out on Chris Godwin in a tournament at that rate, but Tyler Lockett's fifth at 17% about. I'm still considering him. I'm not fading Tyler Lockett at, at that ownership rate, even though it's it's high among receivers. He's a clear number one for the Seahawks. He's facing one of last year's friendliest pass defenses. Fairly cheap for a lead wide out at $6,000. Nice floor, nice ceiling. So I don't think Lockett is like a must, and we'll get to who we like best at wide receiver, but I don't think an own rate around like 15, anything lower than 20%, I think is not something that knocks a guy out of GPP contention for me. I agree that ownership tends to be probably overrated in tournaments, and I think how you need to think about it is the ownership of your entire lineup not not just you know each individual player in it in tournaments you you probably want you know one or two guys in your lineup that you project for you know at least single digit ownership you can have chalky guys in there you know high owned guys in there you just you just don't want an entire lineup full of the most popular plays for tournaments 
Right. Uh, another regular feature on our DFS podcast is our staff competitions. We mention all these players on the shows. You can find Jared's DraftKings article every week on the site to see who else he wants to play. Uh, we also play against each other every week, though. For DraftKings, it's the crown his ass challenge. And last year, it was Kevin who got his ass crowned. Uh, down to Jared and me this year, but we are back at it. We will post our actual lineups for the competition every Saturday morning to show you who we're actually playing. Those are free posts. Anyone can check them out. And if you're a DS Insider, then you have access to the lineup builder tool that I mentioned before. It's on DraftSharks.com. It uses our weekly projections. It also uses our ceiling and floor projections and the player salaries from the DFS site to help you build some optimal lineups, try to help you win some DFS cash if you feel like playing that format for the weekend. For now, though, we'll move on to our picks for this week on DraftKings. Jared, please get us going with a quarterback. To me, there's nowhere else to look in cash games outside of Carson Wentz. I mean, yeah. 5700 bucks. though. Carson Wentz, and we're obviously, I think, higher than most on him season long. So that has a lot to do with this. But Carson Wentz is first in our quarterback rankings among main slate quarterbacks. He's just 13th in DraftKings price. The lineup builder shows Wentz as the top dollar per point value, not just a quarterback, but at any position. Um, I just think he's way too cheap here. You know, the Eagles have the high implied total against the Redskins. Wentz has done well against Washington in his last three meetings, 306 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 268, four touchdowns, one interception, 307, two touchdowns, one interception. You know, any, any of that type of production w- would be excellent for this price tag. Yeah, those three meetings with Washington over the past two years, he finished QB6, QB1, QB10 those weeks. So I'll take that kind of uh, history in this matchup. And he's heading into the season with the best set of pass catchers he has had since he's been a pro. We've got a healthier Alshon Jeffrey. We've got Deshaun Jackson. We've got J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who even if we don't know how much playing time to expect from him right away, I mean, that guy's strong suit is end zone jump ball. So that can only help the quarterback. You throw in a muddled backfield. I mean, there's even more reason to believe in the red zone upside for Carson Wentz's passing. I'm shocked that he's projected for sub double digit ownership this week on, on both sites. So for me, Carson Wentz is not only my primary cash game target, but I think he's my primary QB target across formats. And especially when we got Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, both under 8% projected ownership as of this morning. And Zach Ertz is under 6% (laughs) as of this morning. So, I mean, there are multiple stacking options, low ownership, nice prices. Uh, I'm all in on Wentz this week. Yeah, taking the words right out of my mouth there. I'm surprised. Last I checked, Fanshare had Wentz projected at 5% ownership on DraftKings. I mean, you know, the the guys at Fanshare do this a lot more than I do, but I'd, I'd be surprised if he's that low. We'll see. I think he should belong in, you know, if you're making multiple tournament lineups, you want some Wentz lineups. I also like Matthew Stafford for tournaments this week, 5,400 bucks. His projected ownership way down at 2%. We expect this Cardinals offense to play fast. That's going to mean more snaps for the opposing offense too. So I think you're going to get more volume out of Stafford this week. Cardinals also missing their top two cornerbacks in Patrick Peterson and Robert Alford. So big mismatch, I think, with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. I think you can use Stafford, stack him with Galladay or Jones, or even stack Stafford with both of his receivers. Yeah, I certainly agree with that with Stafford. I agree that Wentz is probably going to climb in actual ownership as we get into the weekend. We'll see how those numbers update through the weekend. But I'm also not worried about it climbing too high because we've got Jacoby Brissett 
as the highest projected guy because of his $4,400 price tag on DraftKings. We got Jameis Winston, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, the only other guys at 10 plus percent. So I think we'll wind up with a good number on Carson Wentz. Over to running back, Jared, who do you like for cash? Do you have Dalvin Cook as your uh, cash play? I do. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll let you talk about him then. Um, yeah, I do think he's like kind of the obvious uh, best cash play this week. I'm going to go with Chris Carson, though, at 5700 bucks. Ideal situation for what we want in a cash game running back. His team is at home. The Seahawks are 10-point favorites. Big implied total, 27 points. So you expect the Seahawks to score a lot, to be playing from the lead. That all should mean big volume for Chris Carson, who also, you know, everything we heard this summer is going to play a bigger role in the passing game. And that, that's especially important on DraftKings with the, um, you know, one point per reception. We want our running backs, especially in cash games, to be catching the ball. I think you can, you know, sort of project Carson for two or three catches a game this season. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think you really have to make the case for Dalvin Cook. It's $6,000. The price is awesome. He's facing yeah. Atlanta. They allowed the fourth most PPR points to running backs last year. They pretty much every season allow the most receptions to running backs. So it, the only limitation on Cook this week is how much Minnesota wants to give him the ball. And it seems like probably a lot. So I think cash games, Dalvin Cook is almost a lock to be in there. I wonder about his ownership if it's a large field cash game. I I would certainly play him a little bit less in tournaments, but he's also the kind of guy where I'm not going to fade him completely just because of the own rate because the outlook is that good for him. Yeah, running backs is the spot in tournaments. I'm most willing to just play the popular guys, even in in tournaments, because I think running back is definitely the most predictable position. Just because you know we know they're they're going to get the ball a certain amount of time. So so for me, like even like Dalvin Cook this week, he probably won't be in every tournament line if I make, but he's definitely going to be in a lot of them. Yeah, I I agree with that too because I mean really the only thing that that crushes. Dalvin Cook's floor this week is if he gets hurt. And I mean, if that happens, then that happens. But otherwise, if a guy has pretty much guaranteed workload and the price isn't too high, I'm going to ignore that. The, The running backs that I tend to fade more often are when we get to this odd week where a starter is out and we've got a backup in there and mm-hmm. he's like $4,200 on DraftKings and he's everybody's yep. pick because we're all expecting a big workload, but we don't know it for sure. That's the guy that, that scares me a little bit more. And that's certainly not Dalvin Cook. I also think Leonard Fournette at 6,100 is pretty close. His team is not favored, but they're playing a Chiefs defense that is bad against the run. Uh, Leonard Fournette should be heavily involved in the passing game as well. He's on an offense with no clear picture at wide receiver. They have some talent, but we really don't know how that's going to go. And their best receiver has the toughest matchup uh, one-on-one. So I think we'll get lots of volume from Leonard Fournette this week. And if Jacksonville does some scoring, he'll be involved. Yep, I think Fournette's definitely in play for cash and in a nice tournament play. Tournament side, what do you like? Um, I got Carrion Johnson here. Carrion Johnson, fifty eight hundred bucks. So he, he's priced right between Dalvin Cook and Chris Carson, who I do expect both of them to be popular. So I think Carrion might sort of get lost in the shuffle there, and he is projected for single digit ownership on Fanshare. You know, there there's some volume concerns with Carrion Johnson after his preseason usage. Usage, you know, we saw C.J. Anderson playing with the first team. We saw Ty Johnson even out there in some passing situations. I still think Carrion a pretty safe bet for fifteen plus touches, especially in this spot again. Versus the Cardinals, where the pace is going to be up. Lions probably going to run more plays this week than they do, you know, for the rest of the season. Matchup's not scary for Carrion Johnson either. The Cardinals were 29th in football outsiders run D last season, 28th in DraftKings points allowed 
two running backs. And let's remember too, I mean, Karen Johnson, we're, we're high on him for the season. He produced last year in that eight game stretch as Detroit's lead back. Karen Johnson averaged 16 DraftKings points per game, only seven running backs on the main slate averaged more than that last season. Yeah, and heading into the season with a team that clearly wants to run the ball more, Detroit was already leaning that way. Then they brought in Daryl Bevel as the offensive coordinator. I'm personally heading into 2019, ignoring the workload concern for Carryon Johnson because I don't think that they're going to take him off the field enough in passing down situations to really move the needle there. They're going to spread things around the backfield, but I think that he's going to emerge as their clear number one back, and I'm going to wait for them to show me that that's not the case. Uh, I decided to reach down for a cheap option to see how much I could fit more expensively. And Miles Sanders at 3,900, I think this is where to use him. I'm I'm wary of Miles Sanders in a season-long lineup this week, but 3,900 bucks, he should be Philly's most used running back this week. He should lead their backfield in touches. The fact that we don't know that he'll be that guy is what would scare me off outside of a tournament lineup. But at 3,900, I think that's fairly low risk. He is at low projected ownership, 1% on fan share as of this morning. So barely anyone, if we get a touchdown out of Miles Sanders this week, he probably triples his value in terms of uh, fantasy points on DraftKings, you know, versus what you have to pay for him. And Washington was a bottom five run defense in defensive efficiency, according to football outsiders, each of the past two years. So I, I like the upside here. I like the low ownership. I just like the Miles Sanders package. Yeah, another guy I'm surprised he's projected that at such low ownership. I think 3900 bucks might be the cheapest Miles Sanders is all season. And, you know, we, we love Wentz because of that high projected team total for the Eagles. But touchdowns are, you know, mostly unpredictable. It could be Miles Sanders getting, you know, two touchdowns this, this week instead of Carson Wentz in the passing game. So really like him, especially if you're using Wentz. You sort of, you can hedge a little bit by getting Sanders in some tournament lineups. Mm-hmm. Before we get out of running back, I want to mention that Le'Veon Bell is projected at 5.7%, 7,100 bucks, so he's not cheap, but it's sixth among main slate running backs. I mean, certainly worth a look, especially with full point PPR. Yeah, definitely worth a look. Don't love the matchup, but you know, a guy as talented as him getting that type of volume is worth a look. Todd Gurley, too, is tempting for me. Like, we don't know how much work he's going to get. You know, Sean McVay did say yesterday that there was going to be no snap count for Todd Gurley. So, you know, this is a spot to use him in DFS would be a tournament, not in your cash games this week. Mm -hmm. Wide receiver uh, for cash, who do you like? Um, I have Adam Thielen, um, you know, 6,800 bucks. I I just think it's, it's too cheap for Adam Thielen. Um, He was actually cheaper than 6,800 just once all last season. His average salary on DraftKings last year was about 7,900 bucks. So, you know, we're getting about a thousand dollar discount here. We do expect the Vikings to throw it quite a bit less under the new, you know, offensive coaching staff this season. But you know, Thielen's still going to see a big chunk of Minnesota's targets. Maybe even a bigger chunk this week was Stephon Diggs dealing with his hamstring injury. Um, I, I think this this Vikings Falcons game there should be plenty of points scored. Um, the Falcons actually allowed the third most DraftKings points to wide receivers last year. Yeah, I love that. I'm feeling at the 6,800, especially with Stefan Diggs, at least a question mark with the hamstring. And Adam Thielen starts this really attractive range of wide receivers on DraftKings this week. So from mm-hmm. him at 6,800, going down, we've got Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Alshon Jeffrey, Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup, Jarvis Landry, DJ Moore, and then Dante Pettis at 5,400 kind of closes that range for me. I'm taking at least one of those guys and quite possibly two of them in a cash lineup. I mean, maybe we'll see how the, the spending goes elsewhere, but I mean, there could be lineups that have three guys from that range in them. 
There, there's so many good value plays this week. It's, you know, it's almost like tough to spend all your money. Mm-hmm. So who do you like on the tournament side or wide up? Uh, Sammy Watkins, five thousand bucks, um, projected a, a bit less than ten percent ownership. You know, it, it's a piece of this Chiefs offense, which I, I expect to still put points on the board, even in a tough matchup against Jacksonville. We have Jalen Ramsey expected to shadow Tyree Kill, so I think that could push some more action to Sammy Watkins. When these teams met last year, Watkins actually tied for the team lead with eight targets, caught six balls for seventy-eight yards. Um, I think he he always has upside just being part of this offense. Good price, not too highly owned. I think he makes a lot of sense for tournaments. Yeah, I like Sammy Watkins as well. I went a little farther down in price, though, to try to save some money. Michael Gallup at 4300 bucks, a guy we like anyway, so it would be nice to have a piece of him if he does go off this week. The thing's working in his favor. Amari Cooper is headed for a likely Janoris Jenkins shadow. And I mean, Janoris Jenkins, the the lead corner for the Giants, is all over the place. He could be terrible. He could be awesome. He has at least shown in the past that he's capable of strong games against top wideouts. So it's possible that Amari Cooper has a tough game this week. Gallup, meanwhile, headed for primarily rookie DeAndre Baker, it looks like. And Baker reportedly had a good summer. It was a first-round pick, but he's still a rookie, so we don't really know what he's going to do until we see him in the NFL. We've got a weak Giants pass rush. We've got Zeke Elliott showing up late and likely playing fewer snaps than the Cowboys would otherwise have him play. Maybe that pushes Dallas a little bit more toward the pass this week. And I mean, Gallup has already been generating buzz as a potential breakout candidate this year. He's projected for extremely low ownership, so I like that aspect of it for a tournament lineup. Uh, I like sticking him in there and saving some money for another spot. Yeah, I think that entire Cowboys passing game is projected for low ownership, so I definitely like you know a Dak stack. You can use Gallup, you can use Gallup and Cooper. Tight end, what you got for cash? I like Evan Ingram in cash, um, you know, 4,800 bucks. I, I think th- this week, you know, obviously with Odell Beckham gone, with Golden Tate out, I think Ingram is, is about as good a target bet as, as any tight end. Um, you, you know, the, the targets are coming from Eli Manning, so they're, they're worth a bit less. But Ingram's also, you know, $1,000 to $2,000 cheaper than the top guys, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz. Um, Ingram has had success lately against Dallas. Seven catches, 67 yards and a touchdown. Five catches, 81 yards and a touchdown in the two meetings last year. Yeah, I absolutely agree with Evan Ingram being a candidate up there. I'll start, though, $900 lower at Hunter Henry at 3900 He's tied for with Travis Kelsey and O.J. Howard for top ownership. I don't really care, though, at about 16%. And the sub $4,000 price saves me some money there to put toward receiver or running back. The matchup is strong against the Colts. Football outsiders had Indy among the worst tight end defenses anywhere last year. And Hunter Henry should be fairly high in the target pecking order for a Chargers team that's heavy favorites this week. And he's had a a large red zone role, even with Antonio Gates around, whenever he's been able to stay on the field. So I like the upside on Henry as well. Uh, I think he's in play in tournament, but that's where the own rate might make me move away from him a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I think I think a lot a lot of weeks Henry would be my guy. Again, this week though, just with so many value plays, I think you can have the money to move up someone like Evan Ingram or even a bit higher to one of those top three tight ends. Yeah, I think on the tourney side, you could save some money though if you do want to go for more expensive guys and start with Kyle Rudolph or Austin mm-hmm. Hooper as the options. Thirty three hundred for Rudolph, thirty two hundred for Austin Hooper. Of course, they're in the same game. It's a decently high over-under. The Vikings are among the highest implied team totals for points this week, tied for fifth on the main slate. So the Falcons should be playing from behind, and they face a Vikings defense, the Football Outsiders, rated 30th 
in tight end coverage last year. So a solid matchup for Austin Hooper. And I think both of these guys are in for positive touchdown regression for this season. Yep, I'll definitely be making some tournament lineups with Hooper and Rudolph in them. Um, I think you can also go all the way up to Zach Ertz at $6,100. Um, and it looks like he's going to be the forgotten man among these top three tight ends. Fanshare has Travis Kelsey and George Kittle projected for a lot more ownership than Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz coming in around 5% ownership right now. Um, he's also you know, he's also $450 cheaper than his average salary last year. So I think we're getting him at a discount and low-owned. Ertz has also scored 17-plus DraftKings points in four of his last five games against Washington. Yeah, I absolutely agree with him as a target here, and I will talk more about him over on the FanDuel podcast. At Flex, Jared, what are you looking at? So in cash, it's definitely going to be three running backs for me, as it is pretty much every week. And even in tournaments this week, I think the best value across the board is at running back. And I'm looking at that range. I think it starts um, on the low end at Austin Eckler at 5500 bucks. We didn't talk about him, but I do think he's a good value, especially on DraftKings. I think you know, even if Justin Jackson sees half the rushing work, I think Austin Eckler is going to dominate the pass catching work in that backfield without Melvin Gordon. So, you know, somewhere between Austin Eckler, Kerryon Johnson, Nick Chubb, and then the guys we talked about, Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson, Delvin Cook, I'll be working those six guys into those three spots, two running backs and one flex. Yeah, I like that as well. And Austin Eckler is a pretty good-sized guy, too, so it's not like he's going to be out of the goal line picture either. If you're looking in the lower range to save some money, I I think Evan Ingram is uh, worth considering as a flex because when you get him out of the tight end slot, his price looks even better compared with uh, running backs, wide receivers, 4800 bucks. And I, I think the volume ceiling for him this week is high. He did very well in both meetings with Dallas last year, and he's only – more important as a Giants target this year with Odell Beckham gone in a game they're likely to be mm-hmm. trailing. Also on the cheaper end, though, I think Matt Breida at 4000 bucks is in play against the Buccaneers. And I think Frank Gore at 3800 is worth keeping in mind. I mean, <laughs> it, it would be a tournament thing because I don't have any idea what's going to go on here. But if we can get the guy that I think is going to lead Buffalo in touches this week at 3800 bucks in that spot, it could help with some flexibility elsewhere. Yeah, you lost me at Frank Gore there. Um, I, I just think that I think this week there's no need to go down that far. Matt Braid is interesting. I do think he has more upside than Frank Gore. Um, but the Evan Ingram call I, I like as a flex play. I mean, you just compare him. I know like D.D. Westbrook is going to be popular at wide receiver. You know, I, I think Evan Ingram has about the same projection, maybe even more of a ceiling than D.D. Westbrook this week. I think he has a nicer floor than D.D. Westbrook this week as well. Yeah, I agree. Over on defense, Jared, my starting point, I don't know about you, my starting point is the Chargers at 3000 bucks. and then I'll see what the lineup is dictating otherwise. I would like to get up to the Seahawks, who are at $3,100. Um, you know, again, big home favorites against the Bengals. The Bengals have the second lowest implied total of the week at 17 points. Uh, Cincinnati, obviously, without A.J. Green, without tackle Jonah Williams, and the other tackle, Cordy Glenn, didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday with his concussion, so he's likely out. So I think the Seahawks have a, have a ton of sack upside here. Yeah, the Chargers and Seahawks are going to get my focus because of their prices. I might go down to the Chiefs at twenty eight hundred in a tournament lineup if I'm trying to save yeah. the money. Uh, there, you know, there's downside risk, but there's also plenty of upside. I think to that matchup. Yeah, and again, with all the value out there, it's definitely possible this week to get up to the two most expensive defenses, which I both like the Ravens at thirty eight hundred bucks against you know the worst offense in the league in Miami, and then the Eagles at home for the Redskins. Yeah, and those top level defenses are not super expensive versus what they will be later in the season. Right. 
So that's going to do it for this week one DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Jared's picks for playing on DK this weekend. Check out our full week one rankings and mess around with the lineup builder tool to try to win yourself some money. Check back Saturday morning to see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the Crown His Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.